The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Austin Bristow, and you're listening to On The List. For episode 25 on Friday, May 15th, I'm joined by Pitchlist writer Callan Elslager. Callan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Austin. And now, for those of you who have not listened before, each week I'm joined by a writer from our Pitchlist staff where we talk baseball, get to know our writers a bit, and what they've been working on recently. So... If you want, you can also send in your mailbag questions. We'd like to answer your questions at the end of the podcast here. So you can send those either directly to me on Twitter. I am at Bristowski, and the Twitter for the show is on the list PL. Or even easier, you can hop into our PL Plus Discord server where I ask those questions every week. Now, Callan, where can the people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. It's a lot of letters. I'm not going to try and spell it. You can find it in the description or on Austin's Twitter. He'll probably tag me. So just follow him. You can find me. It'll definitely be in the uh, in the description here. But yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of like, huh? How do you spell the Elslager there? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. It's hard one to to say out loud. I've gotten every possible pronunciation of both Callan and Elslager, so I'm just used to it. You know, fifth grade getting called out of class on the loudspeaker when you get to go home. I think I got like 10 different pronunciations. You're just walking quietly like, it's Callan, but I'm not going to say anything. Bye. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, could Colin Elslager come to the front, please? Colin Elslager. Oh, it's the worst when you go to the doctor, too, and they call you a Colleen, and it's like, up, oh, I'm a, it's, it's me. Hi. No Colleen. No sorry. Colleen here. Sorry, I'm a big, strong man. <laughs> brutal i i am fairly lucky in that there's not a lot of ways to mess up austin um occasionally i get bristow you know with the ow at the end but it's it's not common that's why i just surround all my friends have very simple names so i'm just friends of you know people one alex's josh's uh austin's nick's everybody just common names so i'm the only one you have to try and butcher Yep, you're the you're the you're the weird one of the bunch. <laughs> yep. But that's Always all happens. right. So we we want to know who is Callan Elslager. So go ahead and we'll just uh, start off easy here. Just tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I guess I might be one of the 
youngest guys on staff. I'm 24 years old currently right now in law school in Pennsylvania. I just finished up my second year two days ago with exams. So as long as I pass, I'll be going to my third and final year. And um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm from originally from New Jersey, grew up there most of my life and came out to PA just for a, a different change of scenery in college and, and law school. So kind of wanted to do something, a little something different, do a bunch of different things. I'll, I ski in my free time with my family. I will go, yeah, do that. Very nice, very nice. And uh, did you did you also study in uh, Pennsylvania for your undergrad? I did, yeah, Susquehanna University in uh, Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. A very small liberal arts college, but I wanted just... something. Yeah, wanted something a little different and small. So I actually was not in a big pond where i'd get lost easily i get that yeah i also went to a very small school my graduating class at eureka college uh was 126 oh wow that's even i think we're we're about three maybe four four hundred or so maybe i gotta look again but it was was a small class gotta love those tiny liberal arts schools i had a great time oh yeah yeah, you open up the book and it's like I gotta figure out where I'm gonna go to college. And I saw this one. I'm like, how the heck do you pronounce that? Like, this has a lot of stuff that I might want. Let's go see it. And then it just kind of worked out. Luckily. Oh yeah, love it. So from Jersey, I think this is now three in a row, uh, Jersey boys. Because I had uh, Steve on two weeks ago. Steve Jaswelli. Last week uh, we had Jim Chatterton. And now you're on. That's three in a row for gentlemen from Jersey. You didn't know, but the Jersey guys are taking over pitcherless. I think Nick, we're, slowly phasing, we're slowly phasing Nick out, and it's going to be a whole Jersey show. It's the Jersey Shore all, all day. It's going to be a whole, <laughs> a whole new site in a few weeks. Apparently. Well, Steve uh, likes to claim he's from central Jersey. Uh, do you, do you uh, hop on that train, or are you more north-south Jersey? Oh, no, I'm Central Jersey. That that exists. If our governor can point to a map and say this is Central Jersey, then it's definitely a thing. So, yeah, that, that's a thing. Fair enough. I, I hadn't heard of it before talking with Steve, but no. Now, three weeks in a row, I am, I'm getting a lot of opinions about Jersey all of a sudden. <laughs> Did it give you the uh, pork roll or Taylor Ham debate? Or that's, that's no. Just, Interesting. Uh, so when, what, what, what is a rec- pork roll? It's some... I don't even know how to describe it. It's a breakfast meat. You usually put on like a a bagel sandwich or something and it's either called pork roll or the brand is Taylor ham. So people from, I forget which Jersey call it Taylor ham, but that is a myth. It's pork roll. I will fight anyone from Jersey who tries to tell me otherwise, (laughs) but it's delicious. If you ever end up in Jersey, get a, if you like a good breakfast sandwich, get some pork roll on with a egg or cheese or whatever. It's very good. Okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah. I, I have, I was telling the last two guys I've been to Jersey a single time. I went across the uh, Ben Franklin Bridge from Philadelphia and was in Jersey just to find one geocache and then go back to Philly. That's all you can really do. Sometimes you can't be – if you're not from there, you might want to spend more time than you have to there. So I don't blame you. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. Now, uh, from Jersey, uh, we've had – We've had the last couple guys. Uh, Steve grew up a Yankees fan. Jim, huge Mets fan. Where do you find yourself? I'm a Yankees fan, born and raised. When you're born in the late 90s in New Jersey, 
you're mostly going to be born into a Yankee family. So just growing up my entire life as a Yankee fan and enjoyed every second of it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you would, you would have been, cause you're, you're only a little younger than me. You would have been old enough to remember their most recent world series. Yeah. 2009 is the only one I can really remember. So people like to call me a, sometimes call me a Homer for being a Yankee fan, but I could barely do anything in 98, 99, 2000. Yeah. Let alone remember them winning the world series. So I've only got one title to my claim. So exactly. Yeah. I, uh, my dad likes to tell a story of when I was an infant on his chest, uh, watching the Braves clinch the 95 world series. I was born in August of 95. And so I was, you know, three months old. He says I was awake and watching the end of the game though. So there you go. There you go. You can (laughs) claim the fame as you were watching the 95 world series, but you can't say a single thing about it, but I don't remember a bit of it though. (laughs) (laughs) If you did, that'd be very impressive. So I, I gotta assume growing up, uh, you know, in the you know mid two thousands era as a Yankees fan, you're either gonna be have your favorite player as one of Jeter, A Rod, Sabathia, someone like that. Am I am I on the right track there? Yeah, you're pretty much. I was an A Rod fan growing up. You know, we had my brother and family friends. We always would go to play with all in the backyard and pretend to be players. I would always try and imitate the A Rod stance. But then after the steroid scandal, I've I don't want to say distance. He's still my favorite player growing up, but he's still my all-time favorite player. We would have to go Derek Jeter. Just he's the captain. He's the, the face of the team. It's hard to not like the guy. He's just did everything the right way. Almost teared up his final game. I will say that. Oh, of course. I I mean, I baseball has made me cry many a time. My uh, mm-hmm. my wife uh, checks on me uh, at the end of the season every year to see if if the Braves are going to make the playoffs because she knows that every year when the Braves are eliminated, whether it's the last game of the year or in the playoffs or whatever it is, that I always have just a a small cry to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mom has given me plenty of a... It's okay. You know, she's upset too. She's a Yankee fan, but she won't go as disappointed as I will get when the Yankees... Uh, losing the playoffs to get eliminated so she knows to give me the space but then give me via there's always next year and I just kind of give it a cold shoulder of there's not always next year mom (laughs) (laughs) but what about this year mom what about this year no I I totally totally get that like I I would hope that as good as our two teams are that uh, sometime in the next, you know, five years or so, we could see like a Braves Yankees World Series. That would be pretty awesome. Oh, I'd love that, and especially if you guys can knock the Mets. I don't even like dislike the Mets too much, but I have a one friend from home who's a diehard Mets fan. He'll not let me live it down if the Mets do anything good. So if they can just get knocked out of the playoffs at some point, even by your Braves, more than happy to see that happen. Hey, works for me. I'm not too much of a Mets fan myself, as you could imagine. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> now, uh, as far as, you know, fantasy baseball goes, uh, you know, how many leagues are you play in this year? What's your favorite type of league to play in, um, et cetera, et cetera? Do you, do you prefer Dynasty, Roto? What do you got going on? So I usually prefer redrafts. I am in two Dynasties. I used was on the uh, 
I don't know if you ever heard of the Fantasy Life app. It was just for fantasy football. It's just a bunch of fantasy sports players get on chat before I even knew what pitcher list was. So I was doing that. I found a dynasty league through that who were still in touch. And I think I'm wearing the fourth league of that, fourth year of that league right now. And then one other with some same similar people of that. So I have two leagues from there in dynasty. Then I have eight redrafts leagues. I've Ooh. gotten pretty, pretty into it over the years. I've jumped into some NFBC stuff this year to try and make a little money off it. And TGFBI was, it's been a lot of fun since I started getting in the industry and then your casual home league. And then a lot of PL pitcherless leagues right now with a uh, PL plus and being on pitcherless. So shoot. Dang. So you're doing 10 leagues this year. Yeah. And you're in law school. And I'm in law school, yes. That's all. It's it's busy. You know, I keep myself busy, but it's usually I gotta keep my mind off law school somehow. So it's uh, okay. Finish my classes, finish my homework for today. Let me go check my lineups. Yeah, I was and gonna say. You, wait, starts, if you're doing both of those, you, you've got no social life at that point. Yeah, it, just, it helps when you're in a pandemic, and you know you don't really have a social life during a pandemic. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, just today. Uh, the North Carolina government came out and has dropped the mass mandate. So that's not necessarily the best thing. Uh, the vaccination rates in North Carolina are not super high yet. Um, yeah. But, you know, yesterday the CDC came out and said, if you are fully vaccinated, you can go about your life without a mask indoors and everything like that. So that's nice. It's nice to feel like we're in some sort of normalcy especially yeah, now watching baseball now and seeing fans in the stands well texas is another story but just in general <laughs> seeing fans social distance stand stuff it's it's pretty cool i like hearing yeah uh, the roar of the crowd again last year is just very eerie and oh, weird was, yeah eerie felt hollow and everything like that but yeah yeah i'm i'm hoping to go to some uh, minor league games here soon my get my greensboro grasshoppers and uh, high point rockers, all that kind of stuff. Got a lot of good minor league baseball in Carolinas. Yeah, I'm going to one next week actually. The Harrisburg Senators. Uh, it's only like a 10 minute drive from my apartment, so I think I'm gonna Uber over for friend. We got the tickets. We're both vaccinated, so we're gonna go enjoy some minor league game and hit up downtown Harrisburg a little bit. So that sounds like a be- lovely evening. I might have to do the same. I got my brother coming into town uh, oh, nice. next week, so we might have to do the same. Yeah, you got it. Now that we're slowly getting back to normal, it's nice to do things again and not just go places, but be social distance and the hangouts are, oh, let's go for a walk or let's go do this. Yeah, now I, it's okay. I we remember go to bars and stuff. Again. I remember doing things. Yeah, doing it was fun at one point. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are not super new anymore i want to say if i'm i I like to play this little game where i try to remember when each person that comes on my show joined i want to say you came on in the off season before 2018 is that right oh no no i'm i'm about a year into being on staff i joined the discord probably february of last year and then the pandemic hit and then around July, Nick put out a thing saying, hey, we're looking for some writers. And I was writing for Mike Curland. He's another guy in the industry. He, mm-hmm. Him and I had formed a kind of rapport on Twitter. So he was mm-hmm. looking for writers. And that same Fantasy Life site, they had me on for a little bit for writing. So then Mike Curland took me on. And then Nick was offering things. I'm like, I would regret not trying for this because I'm 
hanging out in Discord every day. Let's see what I can do. And Nick took my sample and was able to work something out and was able, brought me on. And I've been a part for almost a year now. It's been a lot of fun. It's it goes to show how much you've you know ingratiated yourselves into yeah into the uh, you know community here. Because like I said, I thought you I thought you've been on for much longer than that. Yeah, it's it's nice when you know. Someone has said it, but PL Plus, that has definitely helped me get through the pandemic when you can't oh, really yeah. go out and see people. Or it's like, okay, let's jump in the plaid. Let's just chat with some people. You know, anytime someone wants to have a conversation about baseball, I'll do it. So going on joining PL Plus, there's a big whirlwind of, wow, I can, I can, I can make it here. I can do this. This will be fun. Yeah, PL Plus is really was kind of like a godsend during the pandemic when none of us were able to see our friends and stuff like that yeah. it, it was it was great to be able to still have a sense of community through the through the literal pictureless community oh yeah absolutely so well good stuff good stuff now so you haven't been here too long but has there been anything you've worked on up to this point that you've been particularly proud of I've, I've just done a lot of the nastiest pitches. Um, yeah. So once a week, I'll drop those uh, articles. So that's been a lot of fun to do, learning how to do those gifts. I don't think there's any that I've been more proud of than the rest. Maybe you can go cheesy and say my first one I wrote, just being able to go on Pinterest and be like, oh, I wrote this. I'm on a site right on the site right now. So yeah, check out that byline. Yeah, check this. Oh, look, that's me. That's my picture. I made that gift. But yeah, I guess that would be the most proud of just to say. You know, you made it in the picture list and you got a, something published there, but nothing that really stands out above the rest. You know, I'm going to be working on some stuff probably during the summer now that I don't have classes tying me down. So if I can work on a going deep piece or something other than that, that might add to the list. But yeah, we'll I've, I've you and I have had a few conversations just about, you know, analyzing players and stuff like that. And for all the listeners out there, let me tell you, it's a smart dude. So I'm oh, I'm really interested to see kind of what kind of stuff you can get into now that you have some time to actually, you know, dig into some players and write something a little more, a uh, little more analytical, flex your flex your muscles a little bit. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Something I've been wanting to do, but you know, between choosing, do I want to work on that or study for an exam? <laughs> I know what I want to do, but it probably wouldn't work out too well for me for school but also yeah law school and you know passing classes <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's kind of important i guess you know i'm not i'm not paying too much to get now of course I'm yikes yeah. all right now what kind of stuff are you into you know outside of the baseball realm like uh any hobbies or anything else like that that you want to shout out here so i mentioned that my family we usually go on ski trips during the winter, usually one time a winter, we'll go on a family trip to upstate New York or Vermont. We've gone skiing before. Um, we didn't last year, obviously, because of the pandemic, but I'm looking forward to this winter. We're possibly going to go out west. We've talked about doing that. So I do a lot of that. It's been something I've been doing since I was in kindergarten, I think. Yeah. With a little pool, okay. with a little noodle, trying to tell you the pizza and not run people over. But it's that. Um, I'm a big football fan too. I'll, I'll write. I will also write for QB list. So once football comes around, you can find me there and possibly hear me on some of the podcasts there. So, you know, I'll big into football as well. Big into skiing. I'll hang out with friends, grab some drinks, go 
just do a bunch of stuff, play some go go outside, have a catch, go uh, kick the soccer ball around, just do whatever to stay busy. So uh, there's a couple things that I want to uh, follow up on there. Uh, I have never been seeing before in my life. Um, I am from uh, central Illinois, uh, where it is so flat that you can literally, without exaggeration, see for a good five miles to the horizon. Yeah. Um, so skiing is something that I never had the opportunity to do. I would try it. I feel like I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't know that I'd be good at it, but it sounds fun. I recommend it. I mean, it's something keeps you active and gives you something to do in the winter when a lot of people say they don't like the winter because it gets too cold. And it's like, okay, I can go ski. My family has actually probably done more of those trips and going to like, you know, Florida. I've never been to Disney World, but I've skied in multiple parts of the country. So so that's still that's something you're not missing a ton of Disney World. I've been there a couple of times. It's all right. Yeah, it's just one of those things that everyone always says. You have you ever been to Disney World? And you tell them no, and they give you a look like how the heck? And it's like, I mean, I would have liked to, but we've done a bunch of other stuff. I'd yeah, it's, it's worth been. doing. Like, it's worth yeah. doing. Um, I, I would recommend doing it at least once, just to you know say you did and have that experience. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, I've 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 heard they've gotten a lot of more stuff for. Uh, like a young adults to do there recently mm-hmm. and to be interested in like they've really expanded as far as their Marvel content their um, Star Wars stuff like that so it's not as much they're, they're, they're working with their newer content that they're able to use as, as opposed to just building off of you know the cartoon movies yeah, I mean, you have the little kids who want to go there, and by the time you get there, parents are probably like, why the heck did we do this? So give those ide- things and get them to have a little more fun, too. So Exactly. There's some good shows and stuff to see as well. So Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Planet Hollywood, Hollywood Studios, something like that. Whichever one is yeah. the Hollywood-based place has a lot of uh, good shows that I would recommend. Yeah, is it Universal or no? It's like there's the, one of oh. the one of the parks at Disney. Oh, it's gonna, okay. it's, because they got like six different parks. Yeah. So one of the parks is like um, Hollywood based. Oh. And so they've got a I lot think. of like shows there. One of my favorites. They did a stunt show that was uh, stunt drivers, um, hmm. and they kind of give you a behind the scenes look at how a lot of different stunts are pulled off and it's it's impressive how much of it can be done with uh like actual physical effects rather than special effects a lot of times rather than you know cgi it's really impressive the kind of stuff that they can actually like do uh disney's hollywood studios is what it's called oh okay i think i've heard somebody mention it in passing or something so i'll have to if i ever get out to disney which may be years from now but i'll have to check it out yeah worth doing uh the braves play it the braves play at disney world for their their spring training games that's another thing i want to do at some point is just go down to florida or even to arizona and just do a tour of like a week full of just going to different spring training games and i just want to travel florida go see some spring training baseball 
finally maybe catch a foul ball or something but exactly so yeah it's, I, uh, it's on the list i would love to do first pitch arizona sometime Ooh, yeah that'd i've seen a lot from that i'd love to do that too oh that'd be so fun um now the other thing i did want to follow up on with from your statement there uh you you said have a catch yeah i knew you'd mentioned something of that um now for those listening that aren't aware uh that is that statement is a fairly controversial one among the pitcherless staff and community. Um, there are some who are vehement in stating that the proper terminology is play catch, while others are just as adamant that it is have a catch. So, Callan, here is your soapbox. Please defend your position. Honestly, I'm not very behemoth on either. In my life, I've probably said both. You can ask my brother. We've had many catches in our lives in our backyard. And I've probably have asked him, do you want to play catch? And do you want to have a, have a catch? So I don't, I'm not very adamant either. If any time it breaks out in our Discord, I usually just scoot in the back and be like, I'll talk to you guys later. I don't need to get butt my head into this. I don't have a strong position either way. But it probably is more have. I think I would take Nick's side of... It's something you share, as you say, and it's not exactly a game per se as other stuff you play. So, But if you say play catch, I'm not going to really come at you and fight you about it. I'll just be like, okay, sure, I'll play catch if that's what you want to do. Understandable. I, I am much more in the camp of play catch, um, but not, again, not super willing to argue about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think have a catch is probably grammatically a better uh, a better statement, but I think it is. Uh, I think it sounds silly, and so I don't yeah, say it. I say I, you want you want to play catch sort of thing. Yeah, I get that, and I guess it's kind of the lawyer in me is like I got to sound proper and I've got to sound right, so maybe that's part of it too. But again, not really gonna fight you on that you ask me to play catch i'll say sure That's you want ask me to have a catch i'll be like okay yeah, yeah sure i mean in in my life i've done a lot more frisbee than i have uh than i have baseball uh and so it's usually hey you want to go toss the disc so oh yeah i i think i would just ask you, you want to throw the frisbee i don't think we'd have any i barely i usually do that if we go to the beach it's the only time i really would throw a frisbee around and occasionally you'd walk to the high school near my house and we'd throw it a frisbee but it's usually it's on the beach or something i've played a lot of ultimate frisbee in my life <laughs> I, I should i want to get into or at least want to at some point do disc golf i'm starting to get in actually another thing i do in my free time is i'm trying to get good at golf it's okay. not going well i played the other day with some friends from school here and absolutely was awful I was hitting some terrible shots but i want to get more into it and i would do disc golf if someone asked me yeah that sounds it seems like fun and that'd be probably more of the frisbee thing i'd be into than just tossing it around uh disc golf is a good time um i feel like golf is one of those things that if you want to go into like business like as a career and you want to move up in business or like law really those like you know uh white collar careers you kind of have to be able to golf because there's so much that's done on the golf course it's yeah you know 
There's always the trope, the trope of a lawyer in a TV show is they take their client out to a, a round of golf or they have a bottle of uh, whiskey or something in their behind their desk and you just pour a whole glass of that. So it's either drink some whiskey at my desk or play golf. I could do both, but I think I would lean the golf by the shoes. <laughs> but I, I, I have never played a round of golf. Um, I had an ex-girlfriend one time that was a very good golfer, and she tried to teach me to play one time, and it was, uh, it was comical. I am, and not that was good the end of the relationship. And that was the end of the relationship. I mean, it ended not long after, but that was not the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm not good at baseball. I'm not good at a lot of sports. Golf might be something I can do. I can use my brain in golf. So let's do that because I can play that until I'm 80. So I can have a much longer career if I become decent at golf and if I was trying to get good at any other sport. And also after I realized I was bad at everything else and had no chance of making a career in anything else sports related, I was like, okay, let's play some golf for fun. There you go. I will say disc golf. Uh, there's a there's a lot of 60, 70 year old guys that are way better than me. <laughs> as long as you got a shoulder and an elbow that still work, you can you can be pretty good at disc golf. All right. I think the, so far so good, then. Uh, just so you know, Aaron Judge just hit his second home run of the night. Let's so, go. Uh, Let's two go. for two, two home runs. He's he's having a pretty good evening. It's Baltimore. But they always have someone who has their breakout series. And if Glaber Torres having COVID, someone's got to get hot. So it's going to yeah. be Judge, I guess. I guess it's Judge. And you know what? I've got him on my Dynasty League, so uh, I won't complain. I have him in How I many run through all leagues? my leagues. Yeah, I think I was I have him in one league. I have him in, uh, I think, the co-manager league at the PL Plus. I think we drafted Aaron. I didn't even draft him. My co-manager drafted Judge. So I'm in my one league I have him in. When you get to 10 leagues... There's a certain point where you're just you've got a share of almost everyone. And and so if you're having a bad day in in one league, a lot of times you're having a good day in another. And it makes fantasy baseball a very strange and confusing experience. It's weird. And there are players like I'm looking right now or not looking right now, but you watch Vladimir Guerrero have his breakout year. I don't have Vlad in any league, and I'm very sad about that. I don't have Shohei Otani in any league, and I am very sad about that. Yeah. There are players you still somehow miss out on, and then there's the players who draft everywhere, and they're busts. It's always how it works out. Yeah. I uh, I was pretty in on Eugenio Suarez this year. Yeah. It's working uh, out. It's really working out for me. Oh, yeah. At least oh, yeah. he's shortstop eligible, I guess. <laughs> I, I moved him to shortstop in my home league, and I'm like, Oh, this isn't making too much of a difference, but okay. He's sure. still he's still striking out thirty percent of the time. Great, thanks, Eugenio. It's all right. We'll you'll get there hopefully. Oh. I just want him to be good. He was he was so good a couple years ago. What is he doing so far this year? As we as I pull up his page, oh, he's got a nice uh, slash line of one fifty two, two thirty one, three twenty six with a. 35% K rate. That's all right. Yeah, it's um even look at his savant and it's um he's barreling the ball. Yeah, he's got six home runs. A, he's got six yeah. home runs and a 174 ISO. So like he's barreling it just a little bit less than his high rates of 2019 and 2020, but he's also hitting the ball softer than he ever has and having a 
ex batting average of 176 and striking out 35% you said so yeah. not good 15% swinging strike rate is not what you want. Uh, he's not being helped by his 184 BABIP mm-hmm. uh, career rate sitting at 305. So you would imagine that's going to come up a bit, but oof, not a good first month for the Reds shortstop now. The Reds are a team I fall for every single year when I'm doing predictions if i jump in a piece in that or if i'm just doing my own in my head like players i like and i'm like the reds can bounce back like i got a lot of moustakis this year for some reason i have a lot of a good amount of suarez there's some other people on the reds who and of course the one year i don't buy into jesse winker he's having his best year out there so killing it yeah yeah absolutely that this was there's that this is the first year that i got no winker in since he's debuted and it's yeah of course it is (laughs) <laughs> and I got Luis Castillo, and I was like, oh, I got Castillo. Great, and oh, he's been terrible, too. He'll come around, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'm sure he will, but it's sad looking at my home league, and I'm like, okay, Castillo's going today. This is the day, and it's like, oh, no, it's not. Ooh, yeah, his last his last start, what was that, yesterday, was not fun. No, But been, he's still uh, throwing 97. He's just can't locate anything right now so i'm hoping that you know the stuff's still there i'm hoping we can work through things he's been a slow starter in the past yeah he think he'll get he'll be fine yeah i'm i yeah i'm i'm pretty confident that he's gonna he's gonna be all right now what we really wanted to talk about today was uh the state of first base uh, this had kind of come up um, with Pujols now officially uh, released. Uh, he's as victory was designated from assignment by the Angels, and it's a very interesting kind of scenario we're in now, where for years from the '80s, '90s, and into the you know 2000s. First base was a powerhouse. There was always guys hitting, you know, 40, 50 home runs. Uh, first base was seen as the place where you're going to get a lot of your offensive, you know, production in your lineup. Usually that's the guy that's going to hit, you know, fourth usually is your first baseman. Well, now we're seeing some of the all-time greats, Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Joey Votto, um, Chris Davis, if you want to put him in that conversation, <laughs> <laughs> he he's not as good as the first three. Let's be fair. No, just you know, he had that one year where he's great, and then, well, not so much. Not so much. But all those guys are in the twilight of their career, and what's left behind is a shell of its former self down on the right side of the infield. So I guess, Callan, what are your thoughts just kind of on the state of first base as it currently sits? It's a very strange position. I mean, you look at it, it's just strange too seeing, like you said, Miggy being horrible this year. Pujols getting DFA'd, which we can get into it later on. I think that was a total horrible move, but not, not, a great move for him in terms of 
business, but horrible move in terms of this guy is one of the best players of all time. He deserved better than to be DFA'd. But I mean, even Vado, who's doing all right, but now he's on the IL for a month. I mean, you sent an article about how weird first base is prior to last year of the past of the 480 first place votes for MVP. Only 15 of them were to first base. And of course, last year, Abreu and Freeman won the MVP awards. But that's in a 60-game sample, which a lot of people are like, let's scrap it. And they're both being playing all right this year. Freeman's off to a little slow start, but he's Freeman. He'll be he'll be fine. It's such a strange position. You look at it from fantasy, and a lot of the top options are dual position eligible. Bellinger, you can put in the outfield. Mayhew can shift over. Muncie can play a bunch of different positions. Vlad can play, probably going to go back to third at some point. I mean, there's just a lot of... Is there really any – it's not even like the future, the first base position. It's Freeman's great, and everyone else is just fine. There's no one emerging themselves as to be that next guy. Maybe Andrew Vaughn is, but he's an outfielder right now. So I, it's such a weird position where it's usually the face of your team and your power was from first base, and now it's just meh. You kind of just say it's – everyone kind of has like a, a blandish first baseman for the most part. Yeah, it's uh, it's very strange that we've gone from, you know, Pujols, uh, Ryan Howard, Prince Fielder, Adrian Gonzalez, um, and of course, you know, Miggy and Vado as well. It's we there was such a glutton of fantastic offensive production from that position. When you and I were growing up, we, we, you and I, I've always known basically a world where first base is usually the best player on the field. A lot of times the best offensive Mm -hmm. hitter on the field. And a lot of times that brings in a lot of money too. I mean, Mm -hmm. Cabrera's deal that he's currently on, which, which you and I realized just before the show, uh, is actually bigger than Pujols' deal. By eight million dollars, he's making two hundred forty-eight million over ten years. So he'll be Miguel Cabrera is signed through uh, twenty twenty-four, which is wild. Yikes! Yikes! Wild. He's got to end up being like Pujols in the end too. I, maybe not because the Tigers. He's the face of that team, and Pujols isn't really the face of the Angels. And he'll always be a Cardinal. Maybe the Pujols. Maybe Cabrera just ends up being he's kind of seen as a tiger right now. So maybe they don't push him out the door, but I feel like it eventually is bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Since 2015, uh, here's a list of guys who have been all-star first baseman. And uh, let's just think about kind of where they're at nowadays. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Joey Votto, Ryan Zimmerman, Brandon Belt. He's having a good year. Adrian Gonzalez, Mark Teixeira, Jesus Aguilar, and Yonder Alonso. It's weird to say that Jesus Aguilar is the best one of them right now. Yeah, Aguilar, he's having, he's having or, a great year, but... Aguilar and Belt are the only ones who are oh, really yeah. even doing anything productive. A lot of those guys, I mean, Zimmerman, I think is he's still he's still playing, right? Ryan he's still Zimmerman? there, but he, yeah, I think he's you know 
short slide platoon sort of guy now, but he's at least still around, but it's probably yeah. because he's has to play for the nationals or any, or anybody else or nobody yeah. else. I should say Gonzalez Teixeira, and Alonzo have all retired. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a lot of aging stars over the past, you know, few years we've seen here. And like you said, there's not a lot of guys coming up. You don't hear about like first base prospects. Mm hmm. You hear about every once in a while we'll get a guy who uh, probably could should, could be an outfielder, but they're going to put him at first instead, or could be a third baseman, but he's going to end up at first. Like, um, like you said, Andrew Vaughn is that's a proper first base prospect, but he's not playing there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is Spencer Torkelson, and I just looked up looked him up and he's playing a lot of third base it's part of baseball nowadays that's probably part of it is everyone needs to be versatile if you're just coming up as just a first baseman that's how baseball is kind of trending away from now is you having set in at one position you need to be able to move around like you would think we talked about this before the show a little bit max muncie he seems like just a perfect he should just be first base and that's it but you've seen the dodgers Throughout the years, they play him at third a lot. They play him at second a lot. I'm sure if they wanted to, they'd put him in the outfield. Cody Bellinger seems like he could be fine at first base with the injuries he's had, but he's athletic enough where you can put him in the, the outfield. It's amazing it's just, to me how good of a uh, defensive outfielder Bellinger is. Just he doesn't throw look that like out he, there. Yeah, he sh- doesn't look like he should be, but you see him. And it's like, okay, he should actually move, but he came up and you're like, first base, there. And now it's like, oh, wait, no, he's actually athletic enough to move around. And that's how... It is now where you can't just lock yourself in at any position, let alone first base, where you usually would just stick the tallest guy in the team and at times one of the quote-unquote less athletic guys on the team. Uh, so, so far in 2021, Muncie has started most of his games at first, as as we expected him to. Um. But he's also been shifted over to second quite a few times. He's only started three games at second base, but he's played seven there. So he's been moved to second a fair amount, which is interesting. He, they actually haven't hmm. played him at third yet, but that's because Justin Turner hasn't gotten hurt yet. It's that'll happen. You I all mean, know. Well. It's Turner. He's going to get yeah. hurt at some point. He's going to miss a few weeks, and then yes. Muncie will get his eligibility at third for next year. Exactly. It'll be great. <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting what the Dodgers are able to do with guys like Muncie and stuff like that. But you and I were looking um, at the uh, ADP from 2021, uh, and I went through and added the top 12 uh, first basemen that I thought were strictly first basemen. Like, they are planning to play almost exclusively first base. Um. So we have Freeman. He went 11th overall. He's the best first baseman, one of the best hitters in the league. End of conversation. There you go. Uh, Jose Abreu was at, was at 38. Pete Alonso, one of the younger of this group, is at 46th overall. Goldschmidt was at 68. Luke Voigt, 71. He's hurt. Uh, Matt Olson was at 80, another younger first baseman that has struggled a fair amount recently. Mm-hmm. He's He was kind of coming up as one of the uh, 
touted to be one of the next, you know, big first baseman, big names at first base, but he's, he's been struggling the last few years. And then you get Rizzo at 92. Um, you mentioned Muncie moves around, so we'll kind of skip him. After Rizzo, you got a nice gap down to Josh Bell at 135 from 92 to 135. Then it's Hoskins at 139, Eric Hosmer at 150, and then another big gap to Christian Walker at 211. Those are your proper first basemen. There's a lot of other guys who are first base eligible besides those guys, but I think those are the guys who are actually playing first base regularly for their team. Yeah, it's amazing. And you mentioned the other people just real quick, taking the top 15 in NFBC ADP, even with the top 20. These are guys who can play anywhere else for your fantasy. Cody Bellinger, DJ LeMahieu, Keston Hira, Max Muncie, we mentioned Alec Baum, Mike Moustakis, Dominic Smith, Ryan Mountcastle, Trey Mancini. It's almost half of the top 20 you can shift around. And yeah, you're probably playing in first base in fantasy because first base is kind of, as we mentioned, dying down, but it's just... It's crazy to see how different the position is viewed now where it's no longer you want to have a big bopper at first base. But if it doesn't work out, we'll find somewhere else for you to play and we'll move you around. So you're still still in the lineup and still versatile enough where you're not just clogging up one position. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the fact that the Mets have both Alonzo and Dom Smith, who mm-hmm. I think both of them should be first basemen, but Smith has had to play a lot of outfield because they are one of the few teams who have two proper first basemen. Yeah. There's just so so few of them, like we've mentioned, in the league nowadays. There's It's kind of a, a dying breed. And take it to next year when we'll... Odds are we'll have the NLDH that breed can even die down a bit more where it's like, okay, you can play some first base, but we'll put you at DH just so we can get you off your feet and not have to move move you around as much. So who knows where the first base is going to be years from now. I mean, Freeman's going to be gone eventually. And like we mentioned, we don't have that next number one first baseman anytime soon. There's no one really standing out of Torkelson probably but he could play some third so we don't know who the next first baseman to be number one it kind of makes me amazed that paul goldschmidt's still where he's at because he seems like the next guy who's bound to not go the pool holes route per se but be that the boring veteran who's you're like oh wow, he's doing a lot better and it's just amazing that he's still top 10 position when you think at this point in his career he probably wouldn't be with how much he's kind of just been like okay just bland and boring but he's still consistent Pop quiz, how many years is the age difference between Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt? Three? It is only two, and they are almost exactly two. They were both born in mid-September, only two days apart. Uh, And so... Uh, Freeman's 31, Goldschmidt is only 33. I, for whatever reason, I thought he was older than that. He, he seems like he's older. I feel like you just remember. He's just like, been around first... forever. He's like I remember guys. my first couple of years of playing fantasy, and Goldschmidt just kind of being that uh, that guy who you picked pretty early on, and you knew he was going to be consistent when he back in his first round pick days when he was stealing 30 bags. Still. Yeah, I mean he, Goldschmidt 
has been playing full time essentially since 2012 when he was 24 years old. So he's been around for like 10 years now of giving us good production. Even if you go to, you know, last couple years when he's disappointed by his standards, Mm -hmm. you know, his first year in St. Louis only hit 260, but hit 34 home runs last year in a 60 game sample, uh, hit six home runs but hit 304 so it's he's he's been able to maintain not only his production but he's still a pretty solid defensive first baseman as well yeah he's still now you put nolan arenado there and it just makes the cardinals corners arguably the best corner tandem you have in the infield in baseball it's the first one that stands out when you think of those great corners you have in the infield that's a you have I would, two i would put hosmer and um machado up against yeah. them but mm-hmm. that like matt olsen isn't that good at def- olsen defense Chapman was the one you always wanted to be in that conversation but you mentioned olsen's kind of just been he's kind of so so at defense he's so nothing, so nothing special year. yeah he's been... nothing terrible He's been um, fine this year at the bat too, but like they have that upside where it's like that's what you want to watch, but they haven't been able to reach it. Even Chapman this year, he's obviously a great defender, but his bat hasn't been that great this year. Yeah, it's been very up and down for Chapman, streaky so far. Um, yeah, Rizzo is actually Anthony Rizzo is one month older than Freddie Freeman. Wow. One month older than Freddie Freeman. And the trajectory their two careers have taken Mm -hmm. is wild. Uh, Freeman has been playing full-time and very productively since 2011 when he was 21. Freeman has been playing full-time for a year longer than Goldschmidt. Wow. That's a weird thing. It's weird. I feel like, yeah, I feel like goldschmidt's been the guy all these years but it's like oh wow freeman's actually been out there longer goldschmidt yes was started playing full-time in 2012 and freeman was in 2011 uh rizzo also got on full-time in 2012 and so he as well just is basically a year behind freddie as far as full playing time goes but over the past couple years he's just kind of taken a bit of a nosedive as far as his production uh he's he had good power output in the shortened mm-hmm. season 11 home runs um if we do some quick maths here i think that comes out to right around 27 ish uh 29 it comes out to about 29 30 home runs so good power output still but batted 222 it's not it's gonna want. It's going to look so weird next year when he's not in a Cub uniform. Same with Chris Bryant. That team's going to oh, it's, it's be, gonna be a so very strange. strange that very dynasty odd. died down so quick. It was like they got the World Series and then yeah, nothing I else happened. Like, no even real long playoff runs or NLCS births. Or, I mean, they got the World Series and then now we're going to probably see a deadline sell. Probably Brian Rizzo playing elsewhere come August. I know. They, everyone... 
starting in like 2015, I think 2014, everyone was like, yeah, the Cubs are going to be the, the National League team of the next decade. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at this lineup. But, I mean, Bryant kind of fell off. Um, and the, the pitching consistently yeah. just wasn't there. Yeah, Baez has kind of fallen off as well. He's, I mean, yeah. he's, he's having such like a weird year because fantasy has been good because he's got power and speed, and that's all we want in fantasy. But he strikes out about 40% of the time. It's, just, it's, it's, it's weird. Let's see yeah, what's Baez doing. Uh, 36% K rate. That's not what you want. But, yeah, like you said, eight home runs and six steals so far. Oof. That's nice. So if you're in a if you're not in an OBP league, he's still batting 252, so that's not terrible for your okay. batting average. But there if you you're go. if you're in an OBP league, that 285 is not helping. No, you, yeah, you said ODP. Oh, wow. Okay. 285 OBP. Because he has a 2.4% walk rate. Something tells me that's not good. That's not necessarily <laughs> what you want. <laughs> Oh boy! But back to first base. I, yeah, I'm. I've been while we've been talking. I'm kind of been going through and trying to look at the MLB pipeline to see who might be a guy that we're missing besides Vaughn and Torkelson. That you know we could actually see coming soon. And playing some form of first base. And boy, oh boy, I can't really find any besides those two. Like, Kirilov is supposedly yeah. can play first base, but I think he's an outfielder, really. I think he's a corner outfielder. Uh, Tristan Casas, I think is his name. How do you pronounce his last name? From Boston? Yeah, I think it's Casas. Casas, yeah. Casas, Casas. I'm not sure. Els Lager. Um, <laughs> and then you scroll down the rest of the top 100 and you see no more mention of first base past Tristan Casas at 36, uh, 35. So, again, there's going to be some guys in there that are not very good, you know, corner outfielders. And they're going to try mm-hmm. to put them at first. There's going to be some third baseman in there. Or they're going to try to put it first. But th- you don't really have too many systems right now that are actively trying to produce first basemen. Yeah, you might even see some catchers who ultimately fail or not even fail, but you want to keep them on the field more often and you know they're going to get beat up behind the plate who will eventually shift the first base. So it's just it is crazy to see how different from the baseball we grew up in would kind of sound like old men here, but the baseball we remember with the (laughs) big bopper in the middle of the order, the three and four hitter first baseman. And now it's, you know, they're, they're good players. They're productive players and they still hit in that part of the order. But the production that you get from there, where you had the Prince fielder sitting 50 home runs, Mark share hitting 30 to 40 Howard hitting 50 to 40 every year. And now your first baseman will hit you 25, 30 and, it's good. I mean, with the exceptions of like the Freddie Freemans and Jose Abreu, they'll still hit 35 home runs easily. But and Alonso has the power, but he's kind of just been he, he's he's good. He's in the, he's a good good class of first baseman, but he's had that hype from his rookie year, and now he's just like 
still solid, one of the better first bases in the league, and it's more based on how shallow the position is right now. Yeah, that's true. I think looking at that uh, Sports Illustrated article from Tom Verducci that you had mentioned earlier, the stat I think that struck me the most was over the past decade, OPS Plus for first baseman has sunk from 125 in 2009 to 111 in 2019. That's a Yikes. massive difference. Yikes. Wow. That uh, is brutal. It is the lowest that it has been uh, since uh, OPS Plus has been recorded in 47 oh, wow. years of data. This is so since in the last basically 50 years, this is kind of the worst we've seen this position offensively. It's crazy when you think of baseball and the the power surge that we supposedly we've been having these past few years. Yet first base hasn't really been affected by it. They're actually dropping in terms of power while everyone else is kind of increasing it in a sense. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be interesting. I I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be a first baseman long term. So if you if you think he's a third baseman long term, then disregard. However, I think he could be the next like first second round first baseman once Freeman starts to you know decline maybe five years from now. Please no sooner. <laughs> um, and then you maybe we see breakouts from Torkelson and Vaughn here in the next couple years. And besides that, uh, like I think it's the the other big first baseman names are going to come from other positions. It's it's crazy that, like I said, I think I don't know how much longer we're going to see Goldschmidt, Abreu, Rizzo, those kinds of guys. They're 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 moving past their prime at this point. Uh, how old was Abreu? I don't even know that one off the top of my head. Let me see. Jose Abreu is 34. He just turned 34 in January. He's another guy. It just feels like he's older than he actually is. I mean, 34 is still probably approaching towards the end. He probably only has two, maybe three years left as like the top tierish first baseman. But it is crazy to see the the drop off and we talk Pete Alonzo will probably still be there in the top tier just because but he'll also not hit the he won't be a top one two like Vlad if you think he will stay at first base so I ultimately do think they'll they'll try him back at third base maybe he ends up at first base but it wouldn't shock me if he's their starting third baseman next year because he has lost weight and you're seeing this year be the breakout year maybe they try to decide to give him that shot back there but like you said I think first base you have Vlad maybe in the top two rounds, and then, then what? You're probably yeah. Right now, right the, now we don't know. We're hoping, like I said, you kind of hope to see. Yeah, and Rizzo. I feel, and, like, I feel like a broken record, but I I don't know who else to look at other than yeah. Vaughn and Torkelson. Yeah, Rizzo and Goldschmidt will probably stick around in that the mid rounds that they've been in recently. Like they'll just probably be consistently good, but boring, but solid at first base. But yeah, there's no breakout star there's no up-and-coming guy and we talk about vaughn and torkelson but who knows if first bases are going to be eligible there they could just stick torkelson that third for most part because tigers have nothing going for them anywhere 
So they might as well try and get him a little more athletic. Vaughn could end up at first base, but as long as you have the logjam of Jose Abreu there, you're going to have to play him in other positions to keep getting in the at-bats, and we're finally seeing him look like the guy we thought he would be. Yeah. So it's been a uh, it's it's been a very interesting trajectory for the position as a whole. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting to see how MLB has you know progressed in you know the decade that you and I have been in, able to really appreciate and pay attention to the uh, baseball and its you know developments. Yeah. Do you think? Do you have any? I know Pujols officially, as we're recording this today, he cleared for agency. Do you think we see him back in an MLB uniform this year? Or is this the is this the end? Do you think for him? It depends on what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wants to keep playing, and I think Baltimore will pay him a, enough. Yeah, I don't know that any other team is going to be interested. Yeah, I think he's got to maybe realize what he is at this point and know he wants to play but you're probably if you want to play for a contender then you're short side platoon bench option for those guys i think a good fit someone i've heard somewhere i think is a good idea possibly oakland could be a nice fit for him you know they have mitch moreland dhing right now but he can't hit lefties so do you try and platoon them at the dh spot and we know olsen's kind of been hasn't been the pillar of great health throughout his career so if he gets hurt you have that veteran platoonish option i could and we know they kind of like to do the platoon game and you want to pay him much because let's face it no one's paying albert pools a lot of money you probably have to pay him the the minimum maybe like a a one year one million dollar deal at most to finish out his career so i could see oakland being a a landing spot if you want to keep that platoon stuff they like to do that is an interesting call. I kind of like it. I hadn't really thought about that. And they're very much kind of in the running so far this year competing, which mm-hmm. is always fun to see Oakland competing. Um, I kind of dig it. Yeah. He could, he could, like you said, kind of be the short side of that uh, DH platoon with Moreland. That would work pretty well, actually, I think. Um. I mentioned Baltimore. I think he would fit in well in that kind of mm-hmm. environment. Uh, be be really good at you know mentoring a lot of the younger players yeah. they've got there. Um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Cedric Mullins this year. Mm-hmm. That's he's been a lot of fun to watch. Mount Castle is kind of coming around a bit. Uh, I'd like to see Austin Hayes pick it up. That'd be nice. Um, They'd have to find a place for him to play, but they could move some of the outfielders around a little bit. Mountcastle can play outfield, yeah. push DJ Stewart off, um, or Austin Hayes, depending on how much patience they have with him. Because Mountcastle's been the one primarily DHing in Baltimore, but I think they could get Pujols some at bats. I think it'd be a good. They're not. They're clearly not trying. Uh, so it'd be a solid publicity stunt. Sell some tickets. Yeah, get him to be that veteran leader. You saw what he... You never know what kind of impact he had on Mike Trout's career. He probably was going to be great no matter what, but having that Hall of Fame teammate Pujols and watching him every day, I'm sure had some sort of impact on him. Not a huge impact. He was going to be great no matter what, but 
you know, that veteran leadership means a lot, especially when you're about to call up Adley Rutschman soon enough and more prospects in Baltimore to sit behind him. I could, I could see Pujols being a good mentor for them. Yeah, I think that would be my guess is what they do with him is they is is what happens is he's I think he's gonna end up in Baltimore for the year. Um, and then I think he signs one of those like uh, ceremonial one day contracts with mm-hmm. St. Louis and retires. Yeah, this has got to be it for him. If he apparently from what I've seen, he is getting some interest. So I'm sure someone's going to bring him. I'm confident that we'll see him play Major League Baseball again this year. But after that, I think he's the writings on the wall. He has to know what's what's coming and hang up the cleats after this year. Yeah, which you, really you kind of hate to see it. It's he's been yeah. he, he he's the machine. He's he yep. is a one of the all time greats. Six hundred and sixty seven home runs. Oh, that is insane. Yeah, he was one of the first players I can remember, like just fearing when he came up and just looking and watching him and just knowing I was witnessing greatness. He was one of the first hitters I can really remember seeing and being like, this guy is just something else compared to the rest of the league. Yeah. 3,253 uh, hits for him in his career. Jeez. Yeah, he's, he's easy first ballot Hall of Famer, even with his kind of brutal past few years he's had in Los Angeles. I mean, he hasn't been really productive in a proper sense since 2016 but yeah it doesn't matter because even before then he had these numbers even with how terrible he's been in anaheim he's still hitting 298 for his career yeah his rate stats are still ridiculous yeah think about he had like at least one or two pools like years he'd be hitting three 10 around easily so it's it's crazy to see even how bad he's been since he came to the angels what his career still looks like and they're still right there with all-time great status yeah it's wild i'm trying to see where does he rank among all-time leaders in doubles because he got nearly 700 yeah i would guess top 10 would be right off the bat of my head you would be wrong, sir. Oh, damn. Uh, just kidding. You're right. Um, oh. He is number five all time in doubles. Wow. And you the, can you guess any of the guys ahead of him? The four men ahead of him. Uh, Willie Mays. Nope. Mays was not. A doubles guy, apparently. No, well, well. And I would say Roof, but that's probably wrong. Bonds, maybe? Nope. I don't like this game. You're missing a really easy one in <laughs> I'm Pete definitely Rose. missing him. Pete Rose, yeah, that's, that's a clear Pete Rose is number two at 746 doubles in his 24-year career. Uh, number one is Triss Speaker. Wow. 792 doubles. And then the other two, also not terribly difficult, uh, Stan Musial and Ty Cobb. 
yeah, I looked it up. I feel dumb for thinking. I, so, I, for some reason, I was just thinking power. They'd get doubles too with it, but then I, I should have thought the just pure hits route instead. Uh, Willie Mays was 48th overall. He had 523 like, doubles in his career. That was a horrible guess. Well, all right. <laughs> he was top 50. All right. Yeah, it's something. Miguel Cabrera is sitting at um, tied for number 22 in doubles. So he will, he'll probably push himself. If he continues to play for the next couple of years, he could push himself past guys like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is at 17th with 601 because Cabrera right now has 582. So yeah, he could, he could push yeah. top 15 ish. He's got himself on that. If he stays healthy this year, we could see him get career hit 3000 too this year. And that's a, uh, I thought that's Mickey already had it. I, I hope I'm already did. I hope I'm not wrong on this too, man. You're, if, if so, you're, you're, uh, 2000 so, baseball if sit, yeah if so then cancel the podcast just close this nope bye bye. you're close. right okay he is it. sitting at 2880 he needs another 120 hits so yeah he'll get there yeah he'll get another 120 hits man not I... like said not like the tigers have anyone to play over him so just keep nope. him in there let him get as many bats as you can give you one thing to cheer about this year in detroit yeah honestly he might get there this year. If not, he'll get there next. Yeah. He might get there this year. <laughs> you hope. You really hope so. You really do. <laughs> All right, man. Any any other kind of closing thoughts as far as the first base goes? I think we had a good, good conversation about that. It's, it's crazy to see how the mighty have fallen and how nobody's really taking their place right now. It's just a... Uh, solid position without any true superstars with the exception of Freddie Freeman right now. Yeah. It's Freeman and the rest. Yeah. Bellinger is, but he's outfield like we said. So yeah, I I definitely consider Bellinger an outfielder first. Yeah, definitely. But who knows? We could be eating our words. Christian Walker. He's going to break out. It's going to be crazy. Hey, I mean, the way season as Jesus Aguilar is having, he, he could be in that conversation right now. He might yeah. be starting it for the all-star game. You never know. You take that back. I'm sorry. You take sorry. that back. <laughs> if Freddie Freeman is not out hitting Jesus Aguilar by the all-star break, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, a good portion of our podcast is devoted to answering your questions on the air. So, if you have questions for me and my guest each week, you can tweet them directly to me at Bristowski or on the list PL. Or even easier, you can hop on into our PL Plus Discord server. That's where I've gotten most of my uh, questions for the past few weeks, including this week. Now, Callum, before we get into these lovely questions that we've got for you, what is your favorite part about the PL Plus Discord server? I enjoy going on for plaid for those you don't know it's pitchless after it's dark at 9 p.m. Staff members, PL Plus members will hang out and just chat. We'll talk baseball, anything really. It starts out baseball and then goes into some very weird routes that I wake up next morning, see pictures in the server. And I'm like, how the heck did that get cut, talked about? But it's a lot of fun. You get to know people you're working and hanging out with a lot more. And we do trivia nights on Tuesday nights hosted by Orange Jordan White. 
we'll do the game of the, of the week some nights where some some staff members will commentate a game and we'll just hang out and talk baseball. It's a lot of fun. You get to know the staff and people a lot better just by chatting up in there. So, you know, I one of my biggest regrets up to this point is in picture list is that I have yet to attend a Jordan White trivia night. You've got it. They it's goes there's some I I feel dumb sitting in there sometimes cuz it's like it just goes in so many different directions of trivia and you know you I'm in law school I think I know a good amount and then you sit down in trivia and it's like I know a lot about things I should not know a lot and then you see things you should probably know and it's like oh yep right yep yeah I unfortunately with my master's program I'm in right now uh Tuesday nights is my homework night for cuz for yeah. whatever reason uh the school week uh starts on Wednesdays so Tuesday huh. is when I have to get everything turned in by, and I am a procrastinator at heart. So it's a good thing. Good thing summer's coming up. Yeah, I am. I'm actually nearly, nearly done with my program. I am five Congrats. weeks away from being wow. to having from having a master's degree, which is going to be dope. That is awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead. We do have some lovely questions here. Uh, a good friend of the podcast, Ben Brown, uh, wants to know, Callan, who is your favorite Yankee role player slash utility guy of all time? So when I saw this question, immediately the first name I thought was Ronald Torres. I don't know if you remember 2017 Yankees, the short oh. five foot eight guy, just pure contact guy. I feel like he just put the ball in play every time he got to the plate. He was not striking out a lot. Yankees shift him around in 2017. And was I loved was when he'd do something good, you'd go into the dugout and he'd be standing next to Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez, CeCe Sabathia. Judge would pick him up over his shoulders. He was just a weird co- contact guy. Just He came out of nowhere. I don't even remember where he came from, but 2017, he was actually a fairly productive hitter for us and was a big uh, part of the Yankees always dealing with injuries was he be the next guy up and he had a a good year helping us get to the ALCS here you look at yeah, he wow, had 292 uh, in 108 games in 2017 so some good numbers and apparently yeah. he's now kind of in the Phillies AAA system yeah we know Girardi likes to take his former Yankee players so we saw him available let's go get our makes sense let's go get makes the guy. sense that's a good one. Uh, now, I don't know if you remember this. Last year, last uh, April, in April of 2020, I wrote a piece uh, entitled A Love Letter to the Braves Utility Players. <laughs> I basically just uh, talked about some of my favorite utility guys the Braves have had over my fandom. Guys like who, you know Eric Hinsky, uh Brooks Conrad, oh, wow. Ho- Jose Constanza. Kelly Johnson in his later Braves career, mm-hmm. not when he was starting, uh, Adonis Garcia, and then the present guys like Charlie Culberson and Johan Camargo. Um, maybe my favorite is Constanza. No one's ever heard of him. Nope. Um, Jose Constanza, think think about like Terrence Gore, but with fewer World Series rings. <laughs> he's short, he's fast. And he, uh, when I told my dad I was writing this piece 
and I brought up Constanza, my dad immediately responded by saying, quote, oh, the guy that licked his bat after every foul ball? <laughs> yes, that's exactly the guy I'm talking about. Because Jose Constanza, for whatever reason, after he fouled off yep. a ball, would lick his bat. That is... I had never seen that before. It's it's crazy how many people you remember for just the dumbest superstitions or just little things. They had a they had a tweet uh, a hashtag going on with it was a uh, taste baseball, <laughs> like taste the rainbow, taste baseball. <laughs> wow, I'm back in so. the day, man, when the Braves were real bad. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's one I had never. Never heard it before, even Costanza or licking the bat. Besides Yasiel Puig, that's the only time I've seen like kissing the bat or anything get popular. Exactly. Uh, my good buddy Dave Sherman, another Yankees fan, wants to know uh, who is a player you've fallen in love with while doing the nastiest pitches articles. So I'm gonna actually be a little sacrilegious here and compliment a Red Sox player, oh. Garrett Garrett Whitlock. That changeup he throws. He's a reliever for the Boston Red Sox. He's kind of he came from the Yankees farm system, was drafted in the Rule Five draft, and he has a changeup that's just pure disgusting. Not as good as Devin Williams, of course, but just it just drops out of the zone, and he's become a huge part of that Red Sox bullpen. And you know, I remember him in the Yankees system and not thinking too much of him, and when we got taken in a Rule Five draft, I was like, okay, we won't really miss him too much but then you see that i see that change up in action and writing up the nastiest pitches you just see how much it drops and how much it catches people off balance and it's just it's probably become one of my favorite pitches to gif in all of baseball right now and he's a multi-inning guy too and uh yeah. in 10 games this year he's pitched 20 and a third innings to the tune of 21 strikeouts a 177 era and an 098 whip. Yeah, with I wanted just to a 3.8% walk rate. I wanted to go a little off the radar. You could say the obvious Devin Williams changeup, or you could say, of course, you know, DeGrom, Cole, et cetera, all those great pitchers. But I wanted to go someone who I didn't think too much of, and then just doing the nastiest pitches and seeing that truly in action has really gone in my radar and someone I like to watch when he comes in the games. That's a good one. I might, uh, I'm going to have to see if he's available in my Dynasty League. Because that's a very deep league. Uh, 20 teams, 35-man rosters. Oh, Comes yeah. to 750 players rostered at any given time. Oof. That's we, we have mixed rosters of minors and majors, though. So Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, Whitlock is a guy I'm going to have to look into. Because this is a save plus holds league. Ooh. So, uh, dang, he is owned. Ah, I, I probably saw, too, the Red Sox were considering eventually pushing him back to the, uh, to the rotation maybe not this year but you know, we all know they could kind of use some pitching help so that would oh, be yeah. a that could be nice if he turns out to be a good pitcher for them yeah he's a uh, super intriguing i'm gonna have to look into more of uh his stuff here i, I mean if he's got the Elslager seal of approval i'm gonna have to look into it yeah just tune in next time i write nastiest pitches because odds are He'll make it on there because he usually ends up pitching the days I'm I'm on duty that night. I'm like, oh, I got to put you in because you did something nice and I can't not put you in right now. <laughs> he's your he's your, you know, Boston boy. 
I never thought I'd have a Boston boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, a Pitchless Plus uh, subscriber, Pete Dixon, wants to know, does Callan Ellslager enjoy Hell's Loggers? And is he the first person to ask? He's the first person to ask that because I had never heard of Hell's Lager before. But what? I've heard many I've heard many people ask if it's Hel- Els Lager and say it should be Els Lager and made me wish sometimes that it is Els Lager because I would not be in law school right now. I would have my own brewing company, name it Els Lager, call up Daniel Port to help me make some beer, name it Els Lager, and probably be making millions right now. So it's sometimes I do wish beer. So, I wouldn't mind it being last name being Els Lager, but I had not I'd looked at it after I saw this question, but I had never heard too much about hell's hell's lager so a hell's lager is a type of beer mm-hmm. um essentially it, anytime you see like a pale colored lager mm-hmm. that's probably a hell's lager it's very I'm, popular yeah i'm sure i've had it and just didn't realize it was called a hell's lager uh i believe don't quote me on this but i'm pretty sure heineken is considered a hell's lager then I've had a Hell's Lager. I actually went to the Heineken um, brewery in Amsterdam when I was on a, a trip when I studied abroad. So I, I was wow. pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's a super popular type of beer. It's just it's it, it's the specific name of it. Gotcha. Um, I learned the other day uh, a new a new vocab word. Give me one sec. I gotta pull this up. Uh, I learned the name of what you would call someone who is like a beer specialist, like knows their stuff. And that is like their career is being a specifically a beer specialist. I'm going through my history, trying to find it because I cannot remember, but I went through and apparently you can, um, actually, like, apply to get this kind of a license. Oh, really? That a lot of like brewers will do, or owners of breweries and stuff like that. Um, as I just continue to talk about <laughs> what it is without being able to actually find the link to that website, because I went to the website to look up and see, you know, yeah. how hard would it be to get this title? Yeah. And... If it's not too hard, then maybe I will. You'll see me dropping out of law school in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I could recommend that. <laughs> yeah, no, something a little in too deep right now to just bail. But you never know. I could start my own Elslager Brewing Company, which I've wanted to do. If I was I just purposefully have everyone mispronounce your name for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, I cannot find it at the moment, but while I you answer this next question, I'm going to continue looking. So, another Jersey guy, uh, recently on the podcast, Steve Giswelli, wants to know, how does it feel now that Dolan has decided to stop messing up the Knicks and is now focused on messing up the Rangers? And I want everyone listening to know that before the podcast, I had to ask... Who is Dolan and the Knicks play basketball, right? <laughs> I had yes, to ask those questions yes, and I meant they, both of them. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't feel good. I'm not a huge 
basketball fan. I'm not even like a huge hockey fan, but I'll watch the Rangers. They're, they're my team for hockey. And it doesn't feel good. You know, Dolan never had his hand in the cookie jar for the Rangers. He's always been very hands off of them. ATLR, but now that the Knicks are actually good, he has to have his hands in something. So he needs to tear down the Rangers and hopefully not progress the rebuild that we've been going on. So it, it doesn't feel good. I don't like seeing that we're looking for a new president, GM, and coach all in one off season after we just took really good steps in the rebuild. So it doesn't feel good. I don't like you right now, James. Don't. I never really have liked you, but just because the Knicks are good, now you got to come ruin the Rangers too? I don't love it. So the uh, the official word for a beer specialist is called Cicerone. C-I-C-E-R-O-N-E. And here I was thinking I wasn't going to learn anything today on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like four different levels of it. Um, at like there are officially from what the what the uh, Cicerone.org website says there are 125,000 uh, Cicerones certified at the first level. Once you get up to the second level, that drops to only 4,000 people. The third level, it doesn't even give a number. Oh wow! And then there is a fourth level as well as is a master Cicerone. Uh, I. I could not tell you how what you have to do exactly to get to each level, but you can go to Cicerone.org to look into it if you are interested in, you know, becoming a professional beer guy. Yeah, we have enough beer aficionados on the PL's pitcherless staff, so you know, maybe we'd have to go for the group rate and see. Let's get a group of, a group of Cicerone and have a nice pitcherless lager built out, brought out. I want so badly to sit down with like myself, Daniel Port, uh, Ben Brown. Um, I think Fenko is also a craft beer guy, and see if we what we could do. And I know um, Port has made beer before. Mm-hmm. If we could, what we could do to brew our own beer. For like a pitcherless lager or something like that. Yeah, and that'd talk be to great. Nick, get it on the pitcherless site. I think it'd be a great money maker. That'd be fantastic because, like you said, there's a ton of guys, myself included, that are very into uh, craft beer. I think that that would be fantastic. There we go. We've got a great. Bra- That's our brain trust now, Austin. Let's now we got to make it happen. Exactly. Once we start, once that one is a success, then we can branch out. We'll have the, you know, we have a pitcher list ale. We have the Callan Hell's Lager. It'll be great. Perfect. <laughs> I'm all in. Let's do it. Well, alrighty, man. That's about all I've got. Um, do you have any closing thoughts for us? No, it's just great hanging out, talking some baseball for a few minutes, and then talking about everything else it was a it was a lot of fun thank you for having me absolutely i was happy to finally get you on i know you and i've been you reached out to me a few months ago and was like hey uh if you're looking for people uh, i'd love to do it and i got your uh podcast mate daniel on sooner and i didn't want to do too much too much like back-to-back mm-hmm. sort of thing so but you know finally worked out we had to reschedule a couple times but you're here i was happy to have you it's been great absolutely a lot of fun well one more time uh you know what 
screw it spell it out how what where can people find you on twitter uh at callen underscore elslinger c-a-l-l-e-n underscore e-l-s-l-a-g-e-r there it is people well for callen elslinger and myself austin bristow thank you all for listening and this has been on the list Mm-hmm.